What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified health coach, Sydney Torres. I speak with other health and wellness warriors who share the same passion, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? The first step is up to you. I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. Hello, welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified health coach and host, Sydney Torres. In this episode, our special guest is Kendra Perry. Today, she will be bringing awareness to minerals, heavy metals, detox, hair tissue, mineral analysis. If you don't know what HTMA is, don't worry. She's going to tell you all about it. Hi, Kendra. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here and share your personal story, which I know will help others out there going through similar situations. When it comes to balancing your minerals, it's not a subject that is often talked about, but having those balanced minerals can give you so much insight to what's going on within the body. And that can be the missing piece in somebody's healing journey. But before we get started talking about that, I just want to introduce you to everybody so they know who you are and what you do. Kendra is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and HTMA teacher. She discovered HTMA, which was a game changer personally and professionally. Kendra has analyzed and reviewed thousands of HTMA panels and trained hundreds of practitioners in the HTMA expert method. She was the head clinical advisor on HTMA for the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Organization. When she's not nerding out about minerals, she enjoys spending time mountain biking, hiking, and skiing in the mountains of Western Canada. I would like to start off by hearing your story. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. It's a very obscure test. A lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, there's not a ton of information out on it and hence why I created the program. But the reason why I got so into it is because uh, it was a big part of my story and what helped me heal. And, you know, I'm someone who, you know, I've always kind of been a relatively healthy person. I was been active. I come from a very uh, athletic outdoors oriented family and, but, you know, when I was in my twenties, I, I was very rebellious. I'd had very strict parents. So when I got to university, I just wanted to party and do drugs and drink alcohol and dance right. on bars and all of that stuff. And I went pretty hard for a really long time. And I'm sure that played a huge role in eventually getting sick on top of that. I, you know, I think 
as a lot of people can probably relate to in your twenties, you don't know yourself. You're not confident in who you are. Uh, you're seeking a lot of external validation. And I definitely did not love myself. And I had a lot of, um, self-loathing and self-deprecation and, um, I started getting into health and wellness originally because I ended up with skin problems after taking birth control pills. I took these birth control pills and within like a week or two, I went completely pale, like white, white, white. And I have kind of a, you know, a bit of a darker skin tone, uh, typically because I have Italian heritage, but I went like ghost white and I just started developing this cystic acne on just the left side of my face. And it were these deep cysts and they just, they didn't come to a head. They just stayed there for months and months and months. And that's when I kind of started getting interested in health and wellness, because when I went to the doctor, they just wanted to give me antibiotics, um, Accutane, more birth control pills. And I just kept thinking this shouldn't happen. Like, why would my skin be breaking out? Something must be wrong. And they're just like, Oh, it's genetic. It's like, can't do anything about it. And that just didn't really sit well with me. So I started, you know, research, researching alternative health stuff and kind of getting really interested in it. And then when I was in my kind of late twenties, I was living, I'd moved to the town I live in now, which is a tiny little mountain town in British Columbia. And, um, I was working in forestry. So I'd work like six months out of the year, did things like plant trees, fight forest fires, um, design logging operations, um, like kind of the cut block of where they take down the trees, um, different surveys and stuff like that. And it's, it's a seasonal job. You do it in the summer. And then I take the winter off and ski. And I, I've skied my whole life. I was, uh, on uh, the Ontario mogul team in high school, I, I competed internationally. And when I got my ski pass here, I had this guy come up to me one day he said, you're a great skier. Do you want to be in photos and movies? And I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> yes. I thought this was great and sort of started envisioning this very glamorous lifestyle of traveling the world, getting paid to ski. And I started training for that. And I started shooting with any filmmaker or photographer that would have me that winter. But unfortunately, at the end of the winter, I was jumping off this cliff and I injured my knee and I ended up needing reconstructive knee surgery. And that was a pretty big deal because um, not only had I been a skier my whole life, a lot of my identity was tied up into being a skier, but also I had a very physical job, right? So I suddenly found myself unable to ski and unable to work. And I ended up on medical unemployment for over a year. It was a pretty dark time. And obviously there'd been things going on with my health leading up to this, right? Um, you know, the acne was probably the first sign and um, the surgery that I had, I believe it triggered something going on in my body. Cause after that surgery, I was just not really the same again. I started getting really severe insomnia where I was only sleeping maybe a couple hours a night um, for years. And then once that started happening, I just watched my energy decline. I just watched my whole health decline very, very quickly. And this was, I was about 27 years old and I just felt crazy. And you go to the doctor with insomnia and they just tell you to de-stress. And I was like, this isn't stress. Like I I'm good. Like I, like I'm meditating. I feel like there was like this adrenaline shooting through my body every night when I tried to, it was very, and my body would be vibrating. My feet would be so hot that they felt like they were going to like light on fire. It was crazy. And I just couldn't figure it out. And this went on for years. And eventually I actually learned about the functional diagnostic nutrition certification program, um, on a podcast one day. And I was like, okay, so I could potentially 
help myself with this and maybe start a different career. Cause at the time, um, I mean, forestry was not available to me and I, I wasn't working. I didn't know what to do. Uh, all my skill sets involved essentially labor jobs. So I just was like, I need to find something that doesn't involve me using my body. So I took that program and I started getting into functional lab testing. So I started running hormone tests on myself and gut testing and all of these things. And I uncovered all kinds of stuff like hormonal imbalance. I had all these really serious parasites and gut infections and all of these things. And after going through those protocols, um, they definitely helped, but the fatigue that I had was so debilitating. It was so chronic and it just wouldn't go away. The sleep didn't change. And I was just really, really stuck. And I eventually one day stumbled upon hair tissue mineral analysis. And I can't even remember how I found it. I think just maybe through Google search or maybe a podcast. And I was like, oh, interesting minerals and metals. Maybe this is something I need to look into. So I ran one and started working with a practitioner learned I was copper toxic and had tons of metals. I was incredibly depleted in all the main minerals that you need in order for your body to function. And after doing a few years of these mineral protocols, I finally started to see my energy come back. And these days, my energy is great. I feel fantastic. I sleep deeper than I have in my entire life. And so that was really the missing piece for me was the minerals and the metals and the detoxification and the remineralization of the body. And um, yeah, I'm happy to go in deeper into like what that is and all of that, if you want me to. Yeah, just for everybody listening, um, if you could just kind of explain what the hair um, Mm -hmm. analysis test is. Yeah. So, um, hair tissue mineral analysis, and I'll use HTMA for short. Um, essentially it's taking a sample of your hair and you take a sample of your hair really close to your scalp because the hair is essentially just dead cells, right? And it's an excretion. So your body will excrete minerals and metals through the hair and minerals do not deposit randomly in the hair. They actually deposit in very specific patterns. And these patterns actually give you incredible insight into what's going on in the body. Uh, Depending on like the balance between the minerals, you can tell about the adrenal health, the thyroid health, nervous system health, digestion. You can see trauma and emotional patterns, which is really fascinating. Um, You can see blood sugar balance and all kinds of things. Plus you can see the metal excretion as well, which can tell you about toxicity. So by looking at a hair tissue mineral analysis, you can just get all this insight into the body. And this is really powerful because minerals are the spark plugs of the body, right? They are required for all kinds of chemical reactions in the body. And I would say probably every chemical reaction requires a mineral or maybe a vitamin in some form. Okay. And so if you are deficient in certain minerals, then that's going to affect functions of the body. And maybe the reason why something just doesn't change, right? Like for example, maybe you have hypothyroid and you've had hypothyroid for years and you're taking desiccated thyroid, or maybe you're taking synthroid or something like that, but it's just not shifting. It could actually be an imbalance between calcium and potassium, for example, that's actually driving that. And by rebalancing those two minerals, you can actually fix your thyroid issue. Wow. That is, that is so interesting. And you said something about, um, copper toxicity that Mm -hmm. you had. I just kind of want to hear a little bit more about that. 
Sure. Copper is a really interesting mineral. Um, I call it the Goldilocks mineral because like too much and it screws with you and too little and it screws with you too. Copper is involved in the electron transport chain, which is a, a process for energy. So when you don't have copper, your body doesn't produce energy like it should. And I'm not just talking about like the energy that you feel. I'm talking about like the gas for your body. Right. So it's super important. And unfortunately, uh, women in particular are really, really susceptible to copper toxicity because of a copper IUD that a lot of women take. But any hormonal birth control can drive up your copper stores because estrogen and copper have a synergistic relationship. So anytime you introduce synthetic controls or even a clonal IUD, that's actually going to drive up your copper. Okay. How many women are on birth control and how many women are taking it for decades or years, right? Most women, I would say the majority of women. And on top of that, um, stress, chronic stress over time can drive up your copper stores, drinking water from copper pipes, which is really common in older homes or swimming in a public swimming pool on a regular basis because copper is used as an antifungal right? And you can absorb that through the skin. Hmm, I did not know that. Yeah. It's, it's in a lot of places in our environment, including, um, it's used as an organic fertilizer. It's an approved organic fertilizer, which is copper sulfate. So we can get it through our organic foods as well. Okay. And on top of that, women will pass down their copper stores to their baby in utero. So some of us are born copper toxic as well. Okay. And copper is really fascinating because when you have, and so I'll tell you the situation that typically happens when, um, cause when I say copper toxicity, what I'm really talking about is something called bio unavailable copper. And when the body breaks down, when the liver function breaks down, which copper can drive that as can metals, as can all the other crap that we get exposed to on a regular basis. And when the adrenal function breaks down, which of course can, because of stress, also copper breaks down adrenal function. Um, what happens is the body loses its ability to move. It can't move it. The copper transport protein is this thing called ceruloplasm. It moves all your copper in the body, but you need strong liver and adrenal function for that to be produced. So you start getting these toxic levels of copper because you can't move it. So it just starts building up, but you can't move it. So it's not going where it belongs. So this is, you end up with this simultaneous deficiency and toxicity at the same time. So a lot of women with copper toxicity will relate more to copper deficiency symptoms and they might take copper, but they can't move it. So it causes more of the toxicity. So it's a simultaneous like deficiency and toxicity at the same time. And what copper does to the body is super profound. Um, It's the emotional mineral. So it drives a lot of mental health issues. as extreme as schizophrenia, but it can make people feel incredibly, um, crazy, irritable, um, anxious, and literally like they're losing their mind. One of my mentors believes that a lot of divorces are due to this copper toxicity because it just, and I've had copper toxicity. It makes you feel crazy. Like you just feel completely mentally unstable. Um, it also can drive things like constipation. It drives low energy because it's needed for that electron transport chain. And it drives a lot of skin issues too, um, acne, psoriasis, rosacea, that sort of thing. Any skin related thing probably involves copper and copper can also really, uh, suppress the immune system as well, because there is a antagonistic relationship, meaning like an opposite relationship, copper pushes on zinc, zinc pushes on copper. So copper will drive zinc out of the body. And I think these days we're well aware that zinc is really important for immune function as well. Okay. And so, um, even chronic candida, because 
copper is an antifungal, but when it's unusable, it can't push out fungal infections and yeast infections. So people with copper issues typically have maybe, um, yeah, chronic candida that can manifest as like chronic yeast infections, for example. Um, so it's really about like with this sort of situation, you want to make the copper more bioavailable because once it's bioavailable, it can be utilized and moved at the same time. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but yeah, let me know if you have any questions about that. Yeah. So with the copper, um, do you know if there's been any correlation between copper and maybe like estrogen dominance? Yeah. hundred percent. They typically go together. Typically when you're copper toxic, you will have estrogen issues. And, um, when you have estrogen issues, you can kind of assume that there's probably some copper issues. It's not always true, but typically it is true. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So going back to your story, uh, with you being, um, having an excess amount of copper within you, how did you start to kind of like detox? Mm -hmm. So copper detox is a very long process um, because copper is often hidden. Okay. It's a really tough thing for the body to move. And when the energy is low in the body, the body can't move it. So on my first HTMA, I didn't see copper toxicity. The copper was low. And that's really typical that you won't see it on the first test just because the person doesn't have the ability to move it. Copper causes some, um, slow metabolism. It will slow your metabolism and slow metabolism makes it harder to move any toxic elements, right? So typically you won't see it and you didn't right? You can look at the other minerals that have a relationship with copper and kind of get an idea that maybe this person's copper toxic. For example, I teach my students uh, inside my course, I give them 13 markers and they can kind of do a little assessment. Like this person has eight out of 13 markers for copper toxicity. We never hundred percent know that it's there until the body excretes it, but it can just give you an idea if that might be something that this person is dealing with, right? For most people, it will be hidden. And so it took me eight months of balancing minerals uh, in order for the copper to start being dumped. And I could tell when I was dumping copper, it was actually incredibly difficult because I was incredibly ignorant and uneducated. So I didn't know what I was doing. So I was pushing it really aggressively. And I gave myself something called copper dump syndrome, which is just this huge flare up of copper symptoms where I was like incredibly anxious, uh, crazy constipation energy was terrible. Like sleep got even worse. And I felt like a crazy person. Um, so you don't want to do that. That's why it's important to not try to do this on your own and work with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. So I went through this for several months. Um, it was crazy. Definitely almost broke up my relationship hundred percent. And, um, but once you see the copper dumping, that's when you can actually start to target the copper directly. And so you can do that with a, a variety of things. Um, you can do that with something called zeolite, uh, which actually binds the copper really well. It's just like an ionized kind of water that um, will actually bind to the copper and pull it out of the body. Uh, you can do it by taking copper antagonists like vitamin C and zinc, but not in too high amounts because you can actually cause the dump syndrome with that. Um, you can do taurine. Uh, vitamin A is really important for copper um, and that sort of thing. And so I did a bunch of things like that and I dumped copper for about a year and a half. So it took about oh, wow. a year and a half for it to come out of my body. I had a lot of it in me. It's different for everyone, but it was elevated on my hair tissue mineral analysis for about a year and a half. And then at about a year and a half, it actually, once I started to get more of the copper out, it switched me from a slower 
metabolic type to faster, which is good. You don't want a fast metabolism. You want a balanced metabolism, but I was able to get more balanced by just getting the copper out because the copper was driving that really slow metabolism. And that went on, like I said, for about a year and a half. And then for about maybe almost two years, the copper was stable. But then recently last year, I went through another copper dump cycle for about four months. Um, And it was probably just my body eliminating like deeper stores of copper because detox in general is a very long process because we will accumulate things for our entire lives. So I don't know when I was accumulating that copper. I could have been dumping copper from being a baby, could have been dumping copper from taking birth control in high school. Right. So detox is not a fast process. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. Um, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How would somebody know if their metabolism is fast or slow? Mm -hmm. Is it something that is tested for, or is it just kind of more of like that intuitive feeling? So you can know that through the hair tissue mineral analysis, there's a very specific slow metabolic pattern, and there's a very specific fast metabolic pattern. And you can see it instantly by looking at the test. It's actually the first thing that you want to identify before you don't, um, dive into anything else. Okay. And as you know, cause I know you said you recently ran a hair tissue mineral analysis, like there's a ton of markers, right? There's like all these minerals, all these markers. And where people make a big mistake is they look at all the minerals individually, instead of looking at the balance and the patterns between them, right? If you see low calcium, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have low calcium. If you see elevated magnesium, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have too much magnesium. And what really matters with hair tissue mineral analysis are the first four minerals. And I call them the kind of like base level minerals. And that is calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. You will never make any headway with any other mineral if you don't balance those first four. Okay. And, um, those are the primary electrolytes of the body. They influence everything. So you always focus on those first, the first four most important. And it's actually the balance between these four that actually tells you about slow and fast metabolism. So when you have slow metabolism, you tend to have slower, um, activity of the glands, like adrenals and thyroid, really important glands for metabolism. Okay. So when adrenal activity is slow, you produce less of a hormone called aldosterone. Aldosterone is responsible for the retention of sodium. So it holds on to sodium. So slower adrenal activity, less aldosterone. It means that you're going to have less sodium. Your body doesn't retain it well. So end up with low. With thyroid, the same goes for potassium. With sluggish thyroid, you get lower levels of potassium. Okay. Sodium potassium. This is kind of like a high school science lesson that you might remember, but they're solvents, right. right? They help things dissolve, right? And they help sodium or they help calcium and magnesium dissolve. So when you have less sodium, magnesium, calcium, magnesium don't dissolve well, and they actually build up in the body. So the slow oxidizer, and when I say oxidizer, I mean, metabolism, oxidation, right. metabolism, it's the same thing. Um, but when you have a slow metabolic type, you have elevated calcium, magnesium, and you have low sodium, potassium. And so that's very apparent. And when you use, um, it depends on what lab you use, the labs that I recommend people using, you'll see it reported always as calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. So you see calcium, magnesium high, and you'll see sodium, potassium low In fast oxidation or metabolism. It's flipped, um, because you have higher retention of sodium potassium because of excess activity of thyroid and adrenals. And that over dissolves the calcium, magnesium, and actually makes them deficient. 
someone who has a fast metabolism, they actually need a lot of calcium magnesium. Someone who has a very slow metabolism, they actually need more sodium potassium and you want to balance those so that they're equal. Um, does that answer your question? I know it's a bit technical. No, it does. It does. Um, so for the people listening out there, where, because I know these, this test is not generally done by like Western conventional Mm -hmm. medicine. So somebody would have to go to a functional doctor to get this, this test run, or how would they go about getting this test? Yeah, you can actually, there are um, suppliers who actually allow you to just buy the lab online. And what they do is the lab actually uh, provides a report and they report provide like an analysis interpretation report and supplement recommendations. I don't recommend that at all. Um, It's a robo report. It's a computer generated report and it doesn't take into consideration like your complex health history. It also doesn't take into consideration something called loss patterns. Okay. Um, It's a bit more complex, but for example, you could have elevated potassium, but it doesn't mean you have too much potassium because you could be in a situation where the potassium is actually being dumped from the body and it's being dumped into the hair and you actually have an extreme need for potassium. A generated lab report is not going to pick that up, but a trained practitioner will. So while you can order the report online and get your computer generated report, it's not going to serve you. You do want to work with someone who's been specifically trained in hair tissue mineral analysis and definitely my, my course or some, cause there's not a lot of courses out there that will actually teach that. Um, so, and, and that's just because I've seen it. And this is the, what I came up against in the beginning as I was using these computer generated reports and they weren't serving me because I don't think a computer replaces a really intelligent and educated. Oh yeah. You can say that again. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I'm so glad that you're speaking about this subject because I never knew that this test existed until recently I started to see a functional doctor Mm -hmm. and she was telling me like, okay, these are all of my standard tests that she does. Mm -hmm. And one of the standard tests was the HTMA. And at first she's like, do you want me to run the test? And at first I was like, "Mm, well, my first reaction was "Mm, no, because I don't think I'm toxic. I don't feel toxic. I feel fine. But Mm -hmm. then like the second visit, she really encouraged me to, and I'm so, so glad that I listened Mm -hmm. and I did the test because it revealed like some crazy stuff. You know, and now I'm starting to get answers on, oh, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way. And I'm starting to make the connections between what's on the test and what's going on in my body. So personally, I think that every single doctor should be running this test. It should be standard. Yeah, I absolutely agree because, you know, minerals are so base level and the minerals can also tell you about the vitamins. Minerals are superior to vitamins because vitamins often need minerals to work. Um, But we actually can tell a lot about vitamins and vitamins actually help influence like the retention or the excretion of certain minerals. You, when we use HTMA, we recommend like customized mineral vitamin formulas. And it's really important because just taking a multi isn't enough, right? For example, minerals are heavy. They're super heavy. You can't get them all into a capsule. Um, you would have to be taking like either synthetic, which I don't think is helpful. And if you go naturally, you're taking like 10 times the recommended dose. So you're going through like a bottle in like a few days. So you really want something that's customized. And often you have to take individual minerals in order to get those levels. Um, 
So it's really, really critical that it's so baseline because if you're like struggling with chronic gut infections, they just won't go away. Maybe it's because your body doesn't have what it needs to actually like clear those infections, right? Because maybe you're missing um, minerals that are critical for the immune system, right? So it provides this base level of support that brings your body up to normal functioning so it can better deal with all those other things. And, you know, when it comes to toxicity, I mean, a lot of us may not feel toxic, but we all are toxic because we live in a very toxic world. And if you're someone who you eat well, like you're eating a whole foods diet, you're prioritizing like organic, like local healthy food, and you still have health problems, I guarantee it's a toxicity issue. Yeah. Could you, and I also wanted to, um, if you could speak about when you have, you know, like clients that have toxic levels, how does food play a role into that? Are there foods that we can be eating to kind of help kind of balance the minerals and help detox our bodies? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, food, food is tricky these days because it's incredibly deficient. It's devoid of a lot of minerals and vitamins because we have a a topsoil issue on this planet, right? Depends on where it's, if the soil is deficient in which a food is grown, it's, it's not going to contain the level of mineral or vitamin that your internet or Google is telling you that it should contain, right? Right. You're eating animals that are um, factory farmed and they live in a stressful environment and they eat shitty food, then that's not going to provide you with good level of minerals either. So sourcing your food is really important. But even that being said, um, you can still be getting toxic stuff, right? Just because it's organic doesn't mean it's metal free, for example, uh, or you just might not be getting enough of the minerals. So I think there's a huge place for supplements um, these days and customized supplements, like giving your body what it needs, because we're fighting a bit of a losing battle with the amount of toxicity on the planet. Um, but obviously like when it comes to toxicity, um, and like finding metals on your HTMA, I mean, you have to start with removing the source as much as you can, and we can't fully remove it. Right. Metals are invisible They're, You know, I'm sitting in this like very unnatural room with my computer and my hardwood floors and my paint and whatever. Um, but the most important thing you can do is drink clean water, clean, eat clean food and breathe clean air the most important thing you can do for your toxicity, your minerals is to drink clean water. And that's not city water. City water is not clean. It's not going to give you beaver fever or Jardia, but it's full of metals, chemicals, drug residues from people peeing their pharmaceuticals into the water supply, right? Uh, Radiation, all kinds of things. Uh, You need a filter, you need to filter your water. If you're not drinking, um, like spring water, essentially. Um, the filter I recommend is called pure effects. It's called pure effects filters. Um, they have really good filters that will, uh, remove all the contaminants from the water, but they don't mess with the mineral structure of the water, which is really important. Okay. If you're drinking well water, you still need to filter it. Cause you're going to get high levels of manganese, iron, even lead from well water. Um, you don't want to be drinking things like chlorine and all this stuff. You have to drink clean water and there's no point in taking any supplement. If you're not drinking clean water, it's pointless. So start with water, right? And then you can look at your food, right? Trying to do organic local, trying to source clean food as much as you possibly can. And then air is the next thing. And a lot of people have really poor quality indoor air, right? If you live in a city, then you're probably going to want to look at getting an air filter 
right? Um, if you live in a new home, you're probably going to want to think about getting an air filter, right? Because that will off gas. I bought a new car last year. I have an air filter in my car. <laughs> you know, like it's really important. Like we have to start with those things. People are often looking to supplements um, and that sort of thing to fix their toxicity. But if you don't remove as much of the source as possible, then it just keeps building up. Yeah. And I, and I, I 100% agree with you, you know, especially um, with me finding out that I'm like super toxic. I just had to kind of, it, it really was an awakening. And mm -hmm. I just really had to like, take a moment, step back and just really look at my environment. Mm -hmm. And I've even started um, a little garden in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start growing my own food. So mm -hmm. I've got, I've got like so much stuff out there and it's almost like we got to kind of like go back to the basics and then just yeah. like, you know, growing our own food and just making sure, like you said, that air filters in our home mm -hmm. and you got a new car and you filtered, you've got the air filter in that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like being really, really aware because like you said, every single day we're being exposed to all these different toxins and it's just like this constant drip, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it is a constant drip and that's why like detox isn't something you just do once a year. And I think that's what people do. They're like, Oh, I'm doing my little cleanse. I'm like daily detox is what matters. Right. And the most powerful things you can do is the, th the basics. Like I mentioned, clean food, clean air, clean water. Um, and then getting into a sauna, right? Sauna therapy is one of the most effective ways to detox crap from your body. And it's how I detox most of the stuff. I bought an infrared sauna. Um, and I know an infrared sauna might not be available to people, but even like health club or something like that, even getting in there once a week is incredibly powerful. Um, or you can look into something called higher dose, which is like a sauna sleeping bag that you can just get into and they, they run around 500 bucks or something like that. So a little bit less, expensive for like the regular person, but yeah, the more you can sweat, the better it's really, really important. And in terms of remineralization, maybe people don't want to go out and run um, a hair tissue mineral analysis, but just using a really high quality sea salt in your water um, is a great way to make sure you're getting enough minerals because sea salt's not just sodium. It's all the minerals. If it's a good one, get one from like a, a Celtic sea salt or like a French sea salt or a Mediterranean sea salt. Um, not sodium chloride, not table salt, not the pink Himalayan salt, because that can actually be toxic in microplastics. Um, but a really nice, like gray, white Mediterranean sea salt, um, and putting a pinch of that in all the water you drink and heavily salting your food is a great way to get minerals into your body. I just want to back it up. You just said something about the Himalayan salt being mm -hmm. toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So Himalayan is rock salt. Um, it has a lot of time where it sits in the ground to be able to um, basically build up metals. And there's been several studies done that show that Himalayan can actually contain a lot of microplastics versus the gray sea salt. So I always recommend the gray sea salt. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> I'm like the queen of Himalayan salt. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's like really, really good information to know. So, okay. So you have somebody that has just completed their HTMA and they mm -hmm. find out that they've got a lot of issues going on. So how often should somebody retest maybe like once a year or every six months, or it's just bio individual. 
Yeah, it depends on what actually comes up on the test. So if you are um, a slow metabolic type, then testing every like four-ish months is great. Um, about 80% of people are slow metabolic types. Back in the 70s, when HTMA first came around, it was 50-50 split between fast or slow. People tend to have tendencies one way or the other. Um, now it's 80% plus slow because that's what our modern environment is doing to us, is giving us these really sluggish metabolisms. So a slow oxidizer will take longer to see change. It'll take longer to shift. Um, so about four or five months is usually good testing time. Now, if you're a fast oxidizer, uh, things tend to shift more quickly. So you probably want to go closer to like the four, like three to four. Now there's this other pattern uh, that shows up, which is a really depleted state. It's called four lows. And it just means when all those four minerals, calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium are low, um, that's a really depleted state. And in that case, you'd retest every three months. So you got yourself out of four lows. Cause it's just, it's, it's just more severe. Um, and you want to really be on it and change course quickly if need, if need be. Wow. Okay. You have provided so much great information and so many golden nuggets throughout. Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. I have one final question for you. What is one thing you would tell someone to do for their health? I would say clean water, sea salt, and sunlight. <laughs> so it's three things. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That works. Fair enough. Um, and could you just tell us, uh, I know we were kind of talking earlier, how would somebody, um, take advantage, like for the health coaches out there listening that want to add this onto their practice. Um, you offer a program. I, I want to hear more about this. Sure. Yeah. So my program is called HTMA expert and it teaches practitioners, coaches, professionals, how to interpret HTMA, but also how to apply it. Um, because when I was trying to find, figure out how to learn it, I found courses that taught me how to understand it, but not how to apply it. So my course will help you develop the protocols as well for your clients. And we also help practitioners with um, correlating with other lab tests. Like if you're doing gut testing or hormone testing, that sort of thing, we can correlate that. Um, and so it is a 90 day program um, where you can enroll at any time you come in, you get all the course material and you also get 90 days access to live support. So live coaching from myself and Anna, who is our HTMA coach and a Facebook group as well. And so by the end of that program, you'll understand how to utilize the panel and you'll understand how to apply it with your clients. And um, if you want to find out more about that, you can uh, go to my website, which is just kendraperry.net. Uh, you can also shoot me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is at Kendra Perry Inc. If you have any questions about that. Also my website, we have a free um, three-part uh, video series that actually the six of understanding HTMA. So we have an intro course that you have if you just go to my website. And then if there's anyone listening who isn't a coach, but wants to get it done, like an HTMA, um, I'll make sure that I give Sydney my uh, link to all the practitioners who I personally trained, who are very, very experienced and know actually how to utilize the panel. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I encourage everybody listening today to really take advantage of this and get an HTMA test because it will reveal so much and it could be the clues to maybe why you're feeling the way you are. And thank you so much, Kendra. You are amazingly awesome. And thank, <laughs> thank you, you so work. much. Yeah. And thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, it's, it's about like spreading that health and wellness to others. And 
I, I'm just mm-hmm. so thrilled to just talk to other like health and wellness warriors that are out there just wanting to make this place a better place. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat with you today. All right. Bye.